as a seed, uh, and I think we talked about that some last week, that uh, it'll stay there uh, in the Word of God as a dormant seed until you read it and put it into your heart, and then that it can produce the fruit uh, that it desires. And so if healing is what you need, then read Bible verses of healing because that's what that seed contains. That's what that word contains. It's the seed of healing that you want in your life. And so uh, it's, it's really not as hard as people think. Uh, but the problem is there's so much competition for your thought life uh, of what you're going to think on and what you're going to meditate on that uh, it's easy to yield to all the other competition uh, and, and not, not meditate on the Word of God because you know, part of watering the Word is meditating on the Word, you know, thinking about the Word and, and revealing uh, you know, uh, what does this verse mean and you know, how does it apply to me. And I can't tell you how many times I've gotten revelation on a verse just thinking about it and just thinking about, you know, what, you know, Lord, why did you say it that way? Or, you know, uh, uh, you know, why did you say, say this to that particular person and this thing to some, somebody else? Uh, and just meditating on the word and then, and then revelation will come from that. Uh, well, if you're meditating on the word and the promise of the word, then you're not meditating on, well, you know, the doctors say nobody ever gets over this. And well, you know, none of my friends have ever overcome this. And well, you know, most of the time this is chronic and, and you'll never get over it. You know, well, you know, you have to take this medicine the rest of my life. Well, you know, most people die from this, you know, very few, you know, only 5% people survive and from this particular ailment. And, well, why can't you be part of the 5%, right? right. Uh, I'm always going to stay in the top 5%, you know. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so... Uh, but see, the competition for your mind is always there. And if your mind uh, is focused on these things and, you know, uh, uh, you, you know, as well as I know, if you get around any group of church people, it's a race to the bottom as fast as you can. Right. You know, oh, you think you feel bad. I feel worse than you do. Right. Oh, yeah. What about you? You know, and uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I don't like hanging around that kind of uh, negativity because it's not that the negativity causes you to you know it's not like it's not like superstition well i've heard it so therefore i'm going to get it. it it's just that the competition for your thought life uh and you get around all that negativity will keep you out of the watering of the word by you meditating on the word uh and so uh, you know i don't believe in superstition and luck and those types of things but if you're around that negativity all the time then that's what you think on uh, uh, and if you're thinking on those things, you're not thinking on the word. If you're not thinking on the word, then you're not developing your faith. So it's really important what you think about uh, when, especially when you're dealing with sickness and disease. Uh, what are you thinking about? You know, what are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Who's influencing your thought life? If you look at how many thoughts you have in a day, I mean, who knows how many thoughts you have in a day? It's got to be a zillion, right? I don't know what, I don't know what that number is, but, uh, but of those thoughts, how many are thoughts of faith? And how many thoughts are doubt and unbelief? Uh, well, you know, so-and-so had that. They didn't overcome it. You know, well, you know, this runs in my family. And, you know, this has happened for generation after generation. And, um, you know, uh, it, you know what, are you, what are you thinking about? And, and how often are you thinking about that? So just be careful about your thought life because so many people, uh, in fact, I think we mentioned it today, that uh, we come weary and faint in our minds uh, over there in uh, Hebrews chapter 12 that we become weary and faint in our minds long before our bodies catch up with that. Uh, because if, uh, once our minds faint, uh, then uh, there's no faith fighting the sickness and disease. Uh, and if there's no faith fighting the sickness and disease, 
then you're really subject to whatever natural progression would occur in that sickness and disease. It could naturally just dissolve, right? It could naturally uh, continue on to death. Uh, but whatever that natural progression is, that's what you're left with if, you, if you're not uh, filling your thoughts with thoughts of faith. Uh, and so, uh, so, you know, I mean, like I said, some, a lot of sickness and disease, you know, just naturally your body will overcome it and, and be fine, right? Uh, and so some sickness and diseases, uh, it, it may just remain uh, steady as a chronic illness. You know, you're not going to kill you, but it's not going to, you know, go away. Um, and, and so uh, we need to be uh, meditating on the right things so that that faith gets so big that our words change. I'm an overcomer. Uh, this, won't, this will not be the end of my days. I will overcome the sickness and disease. You know, it will not stay. It has to go. And you'd get up every day and say that. Uh, and um, I think I may have told you about the lady that was, uh, uh, she had uh, uh, really bad eyesight from some kind of a, um, uh, maybe she, she was like cross-eyed or something like that. So she had to wear all these really strong corrective uh, lenses. And um, uh, she was talking to Brother Hagen about it. And it, and it wasn't that he laid hands on her, but she was just wanting to get some wisdom about it because, uh, and I think we talked about it earlier about uh, sometimes we do, um, uh, sometimes faith requires an action, uh, which is true because, you know, sometimes uh, Elisha told Naaman to go to the River Jordan and dip seven times. Jesus told the lepers to go to the see, show themselves to the priest. Uh, and, and the healing didn't occur until some action of faith occurred. But um, I think that's been one of the things that has caused a lot of grief in the church because we think that all healings have to have some natural uh, event occur or some natural act of faith to occur before we get healed and that's not the case every time because the, some plenty of times Jesus healed them and healed them immediately right sometimes he just spoke the word and someone was healed and they began to amend that day nothing occurred there was no act of faith other than the, the general you know hey I, uh, asking for for prayer uh, but especially in the charismatic circles we got to the point where an act of faith was superstition you have to do something physically prior to you getting healed to prove your faith. Uh, and so in the case of glasses, how many people you think have thrown the glasses out the window? Because, well, that's an act of faith. I'm going to show God that I'm you know, going to be in faith. And then they run over a telephone pole. Like, well, I don't even know who's there. Uh, and, and uh, you know, now did the Lord tell them to do that? Or are they thinking, I hope that if I do this, that the Lord will see this act of faith and then give me the healing that I desire. See, that's superstition, right? That's, that's not faith. It's just superstition. Uh, and so, you know, uh, Brother Hagin said, well, that wouldn't make any sense. You know, you've got kids, you know, you don't want to run over anything while you're, you know, you're taking your kids to school. And uh, he said, believe God while you're wearing your glasses. Get up every day and say, you know, I'm the healed of God. My eyes are the healed of God. I have clear eyesight every day. Uh, and, 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 uh, and it's not even about the legalism of that. You know, well, I, unless you say it every day, you're not going to get it. Not to say it every day, you say it whenever, you know, it rises up in your heart, you know. And, and the Spirit of God is really good. He's really good at, at prompting you, hey, say the words. Say, say the words of faith. Uh, and, and if you'll stay consistent in that. And it took her about six months. But after six months, uh, her eyesight was completely 100% better. Uh, she went to, uh, she moved to a different state. And, and they said, well, you have to have uh, a, a doctor's order to show that your eyesight is good because it's your previous license said you needed glasses and, and we just did the simple test here and you don't, but you need a doctor's orders just to get that off your driver's license. 
And she did. Got it off her driver's license. And, uh, but, see, she just got up every day and, and said those words. So she didn't, do, she didn't do anything. She didn't throw her glasses out the window as a, as a sign of faith. Look at me. I did a sign of faith, act of faith. Um, you know, it, it was the, these acts of faith that all these people did. None of them that I know of would have put them in danger, right? I mean, go show yourself to the priest. Well, that's literally the law, the law according to Leviticus 14 and other places. They were supposed to do that. Going dipping seven times in a river Jordan. Nobody dies from dipping in a river Jordan seven times. Uh, but a lot of people will throw their pills away and throw their glasses out the window and as an act of faith. Uh, and it's not because the Lord really told them, but, but they're hoping that they can purchase the favor of God by showing him how much faith they have by the thing they did. Uh, and that's, that's really, you're not purchasing the favor of God by doing anything, right? You already have the favor of God. So just be careful about that. Uh, but the one thing you can always do is use your words. Amen. Always declare uh, what, uh, what uh, the end result that you desire. I'm 100% better. Uh, I'm not going to suffer with this thing uh, all the days of my life. Uh, uh, I'll get to a point where I don't need this thing or don't need that thing. And if it's on medication, then you can use your faith. The Lord, uh, this is one less pill I'm going to have to take. So, you know, the Lord knows uh, that uh, by faith you can stop taking medication and after, you know, a thousand pills. So you take one, well, now you're down to 999. You know, you take two and you can say by faith, that you can look at it. This is one less pill I'm going to have to take the rest of my life, right? Uh, and so, uh, so I would encourage you to always do that, always use... Uh, use your uh, um, uh, confession of faith to stay the course because it keeps your mind steady. It keeps your mind on the right track because if your mind wanders, you know, your, your, your faith, although faith is a spiritual thing, but your, your faith will follow your mind. And if your mind gets over in, you know, the gutter faith, you know, where there's, well, you know, most people don't ever really overcome this. Well, then that's where your faith will end up, right? It'll end, it'll end up in the gutter of that too. So, so it's important what you think on. It's important uh, what, uh, what you hear, what people are saying around you. Uh, and, um, you know, and I, and I remember, and I don't know if you remember this or not, but, uh, but you know, years ago, uh, especially in a charismatic church, if someone would come and say, oh, you look sick. You know, oh, don't say, I'm, I don't receive that in Jesus' name. Uh, and, and it's almost like a hex on you. Yeah, I'm going to put a hex on you, you know. You can't put a hex on me by saying you look sick. You know, I mean, uh, and we were always afraid if I don't say, you know, I rebuke that in Jesus' name, you know, they're going to throw the hex of, of sickness on me by saying that. Uh, like, and again, that's just superstition, right? You can say whatever you want to about me. I'm always going to be well, right? Don't, you know, you say, well, you look sick. Oh, that's your problem, not mine, you know. Uh, uh, you know, I, I don't believe in hexes and superstition. And, uh, but we get a lot of stuff creeps into the church, as you know. And, and um, then you get the confession police, you know, oh, don't say that. And. You know, it's uh, uh, we're a mess as a church, aren't we? I mean, it seems yeah. like we're always been a mess uh, and, and such little wisdom about just things, you know. And uh, but um, be careful what you say. Amen. Really, all that matters is what do you say? Right. What, what are you saying? Doesn't matter what people around you are saying. What are you saying? Amen. Uh, I mean, I could say you're the heel of God all day long, but that doesn't really matter if you're saying, ah, probably not. You know, I mean, it, it, just, it won't help. Right. I mean, I believe God, every one of you, that you're going to be healed of God. But if you're in competition with my words, you're always going to win because it's your life, not mine. Amen. Uh, and so uh, so always have strong confession. I'm the healed of God. Uh, I overcome all sickness and disease. 
I have eternal life living on the inside of me. And the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in my body. It shall quicken my mortal flesh, might quicken or make alive that which is subject to death outside of, of the faith of God. Uh, and so, you know, what are you saying? Uh, that's your question. What are you saying? Amen. What, do you, what words do you say? Uh, when that ache and pain comes, you know, what do you say, right? Yes, Miss Vicki. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just began to show me what receiving really means. Mm-hmm. I could bring a present to you and set it down there, but unless you receive it, it doesn't say that. Yeah. So it was an action that I had to do. And what yeah. I have to say is I received that. Right. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. I felt the Holy Spirit and I don't Amen. Yeah. Uh, isn't that what you said, Will? That uh, your back was better today too, right? So praise God. Yeah, that's uh um well and it's good to hear testimonies like that too, amen. You know, we were we saw uh, uh Pastor Hagen last week down uh, in Cleveland and um you know he he did hang around his dad a lot, you know, he told a lot of stories about hanging around his dad. And his dad used to tell the story about uh I think he had like a hundred dollar bill you know in his in his pocket you know and he said well you know if i've got this if i've got this hundred dollar bill i've got a fifty dollar bill here right so if i if i'm going to give it to you yeah, i'm not going to really give it to you but if I, <laughs> but if i but if i was going to give it to you if i say here this is yours what do you have to do you have to receive it right you so i can give it you know now see now see some people they're going to give it to you and it's like you know well you gotta let go right but the lord's not going to hold on to it right he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna let it go uh, and, and Pastor Hagen said the exact same thing, except he had, he had it was a leather, it was like an uh, alligator notebook. Uh, right, somebody uh, made him a uh, notebook, put alligator leather on, a, on the outside of it there. And he said, if I was to give this to you, you still have to receive it, right? So the Lord has done his part, but you have to receive it, right? And, and, uh, uh, and that's really, that's, to me, that's really the most accurate statement of faith that you can say, I receive my healing because it's done it's not like well he doesn't have well let me go make it first and, and provide it to you um and so uh yeah so so uh work on our words amen what what do you say what do you say consistently right because it's not what you say one time right it's not like you know some people will just say you know doubt and unbelief for a thousand times you know but i'm the healed of god you know i mean it's kind of like what you said see one time about the balance of praise versus uh, other things, right? And so, was it you was talking about the balance of praise? That, you know, when your balance of praise equals the balance of your other words, you know, then you'll be healed. And, uh, and so, what's your balance of words of faith versus uh, your balance of words of doubt and unbelief, right? Now, some people, it's, you know, <laughs> there's nothing on one side, right? There's no, there's no faith, right? Uh, and some people think, well, you know, it's just... Uh, no, you want the other side, the words of doubt and unbelief to be zero. That's really what you want is just, I, don't, I just don't speak doubt and unbelief. I don't speak, well, you just wait till you get older, you know, just, you know. Uh, and um, Chris heard the same thing that I heard the other day that, 
you know, Brother Hagin in his, in his 86th year, the year that he went home to be with the Lord, I, I've never heard him say this before, but in his 86th year, he said, well, you know, I'm not young like he used to be. Uh, and, um, and he died that year. And I, and I always wonder if he, you know, because, you know, nobody's perfect, right? And I always wonder if maybe that, uh, that he had uh, took his foot off the gas pedal a little bit uh, on his statement of faith. Uh, because earlier on, you know, he told, he told his mom uh, when he got raised off the deathbed that uh, I'm not going to die today. Uh, and he said, uh, and of course they thought that he was saying that he wasn't going to die that moment, but, he, but in his heart he was saying, no, I'm not going to die this day, today. I'm not going to die tomorrow. I'm not going to die next year. I'm not going to die 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. Uh, but then his 86th year, he said, well, you know, I'm not, long like, not young like I used to be. But I saw him dancing in the Holy Ghost, you know, in his 86th year on the stage, you know. Uh, and so, uh, you know, when I'm 86, I plan to dance in the Holy Ghost. You know, when I'm 96, I plan to dance in the Holy Ghost. When I'm 106, you know, I plan to, I can go, I can go, I can confess up to 120, you know, and be biblical. So after that, you know, I, I, of course, I don't know that I want to be around here more than 120 years and get old after a while. You know, you, uh, I think if you walk with the Lord that long, you start seeing heaven every day and, and you just, you just want to slip right on in, you know, and, um, you know, you get greedy like uh, Enoch and just slip right on in and, and never come back. And, and so, but I'd be okay with just slipping on in, you know, at 120. And, uh, and so uh, we'll see how that, so, so what's your, what's your statements of faith? What's your words? Amen. It's good for people around you to hear your faith, uh, even if they don't hook up with your faith. Amen. Uh, because a lot of times by you declaring your faith, it keeps people from the declaring their doubt and unbelief on you. Yeah. And again, it's not a hex, but if people say, well, you know, I, I, you know, most people don't really overcome that, you know, then what do you start dwelling on? Well, you know, uh, so-and-so said most people don't, uh, you know, and, you know, and, it, and it, it's, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And, and so, again, it's not a hex and not a curse. It's not a, oh, you know, they put bad luck on me. It, it's not any of that silly, silliness like that. It's just, what are you meditating on? And if you're meditating on fear, well, you know, most people don't ever overcome this, you know, then, then that will affect your faith, amen? So override uh, those bad thoughts with the good thoughts, you know, and stay in faith because uh, the only way you succeed by faith is to stay in faith, amen? Uh, and we'll get there. I, I believe we can get there, amen? Uh, and so, <clears throat> um, so let's see, we're, we're about to finish up this chapter, I think, and actually we just got this chapter and then one more chapter and we're done with the book. So we'll be done with it, I bet, four or five years at least, you know, no problem at all. Uh, and so, uh, so, so he's going through the questions or, or observations that, uh, that he has seen that has caused people to, to um, lose their healing or, or, um, or, or not get healing, uh, uh, problems that people have had with healing. And, and you know, there, there is, uh, there is a, um, uh, a problem sometimes with, having received healing, uh, that a lot of times people will lose their healing because of their confession. You know, a lot of times uh, they have just enough faith to obtain the healing, but they don't have enough faith to, to, to keep their healing. Uh, because I can guarantee you, just an observation in my life that I've noticed that any time that, that I've had a, a major success in healing, whatever it is, that within a short period of time, that exact same symptom comes right back. Uh, and, uh, and I've noticed also that when, the, and you know, I've done this long enough that, uh, and these are just observations that I've uh, seen in my own life that, that if I will immediately, uh, uh, attack that, that symptom by faith, 
that uh, every single time of that, it just dissolves within minutes sometimes, you know, and then never comes back. And it's pretty rare that, uh, you know, maybe a two uh, times, you know, maybe three at the tops, you know, but it's usually only a two or three times after the first successful healing that that thing continues to try to come back. And then after that, it's just, I'm sure the devil just gives it up as a lost cause. Well, that ain't going to work anymore because uh, devils, you know, they're, 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 they're lazy, right? They don't, they don't want to put the work of, of 10 years of trying to convince people they're sick. Uh, you know, they go to somewhere else. It's easy to go across the street, right? Uh, and get somebody else sick. Uh, and, and so, you know, uh, if, you, if you obtain uh, healing by faith, then you still need to maintain that healing by your faith. Uh, and don't become, a, don't become afraid because a lot of people will go through some sickness and disease and they'll overcome it by faith, and we thank God for that. But then that fear that, well, I wonder if it's going to come back. I wonder if it's going to come back. And, and you know, and it, it's unfortunate, you know, and, and I know uh, with Miss Sue and people that especially have dealt with uh, uh, cancer is especially one that, that is so wrapped up in fear, so much fear in that sickness and disease that even if you overcome it, the, the, the amount of effort that you have to apply just to stay outside the fear of that is significant, right? And, and a lot of folks have lost the battle, not because they didn't win it the first time, but lost the battle to fear the second time. Uh, and so... You know, I really don't have fear because the Lord took it away. Yeah. 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 But I don't know is that you reckon that's a bad thing though because it's the the to me I get a little uh, it's more of the anger of how dare you you know as opposed to why me you know because. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. But how much of that fear have you seen? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know that's a bad thing, Miss Sue. I don't know that that's. Yeah. Yeah. You declare what's. what's yeah. Yeah. Fear tries to keep you exactly where you are, right? And, and then. The, the, uh, so. Uh, and so you've observed that same thing, right? That that fear, uh, and, and a lot of folks that I've observed will fall because of that fear. Uh, and uh, if they will work on their confession, you know, your confession will override your thoughts and get your, because you've got to get your mind renewed. You've got to get your mind renewed that, that I'm the healed of God and that it's not got anything to do with your worthiness or, you know, there's a lot of, because of fear, you know, maybe I'm not worthy, maybe I'm not, you know, there's just a lot of things that go on with people that, um, uh, you know, it, when, when just observing the, the body of Christ, uh, this, uh, it's so common for people's minds to not be renewed to the word of God uh, in that God loves you and he desires good things for you and he desires you to be well and healed and prosperous. Uh, and, and, you know, if you look at the body, very few people really think that way, you know, just as a whole, right? The, some people hope that that's true, you know, that they, they may believe part of it's true, but just as far as there's no conflict between them and God, 
You know, it's pretty rare that you find people who just really believe God wants the best for them in every single area of your life, including physical uh, health and uh, financial prosperity. Uh, and, of course, that's what the Bible teaches, but, uh, but we have to maintain that uh, with, uh, primarily with our speaking forth of faith because if there's nothing going on right now, if you're healed right now and all is well, then uh, be exercising your faith, not out of fear, right? Not, well, I better... Oh, I didn't say three Hail Marys today, so, so uh, you know, it, it might come on me. Uh, I better say that so, so it doesn't come on I me. Mean, we don't, we don't uh, uh, testify out of fear. We just declare the goodness of God. We just, you know, when you read the psalmists of old, uh, the psalmists, you know, they're just declaring how good God is. And that's why we say those things, because they're true, and we, and we believe them to be so. Uh, so uh, make sure you always work on your confession. Stay in your faith in your confession. Uh, and again, I don't have a, I don't have a big problem of saying, well, you know, I don't feel well, uh, but, uh, you know, you, and you have to decide, well, how much of that do you say versus how much you say, but I'm the healed of God, right? Uh, and so, uh, I'm not your confession police, uh, but, uh, but you'll know, I mean, you know, it's actually, uh, you know, you ever notice that, um, you don't even really notice it, but maybe you're working in the shop all day or outside all day or something, and, and you don't really notice, but, but you come inside and you're like, oh, my hands are just grubby, and you just, I need to wash them. You ever felt like you just need to wash your hands, you know, and, uh, and you wash them, and you just feel so much better after you wash your hands, and, uh, and, and you know, you didn't really notice it, you know, the first five minutes when they kind of got a little bit of something on them, ten minutes after a while, but after a while, you kind of notice that, and, and I've just noticed, my, if, if my confession's not good, I just feel like I need to wash you know, wash my, my confession a little bit. And, uh, and it just feels kind of grubby and not clean like it needs to be, you know. And I'll just start, I'll go start cleaning up my confession, yeah, and, and just stop saying, well, you know, I'll just add ache and pain, you know. I'll just, uh, I just, uh, uh, even if it's so, I just don't like saying those things because it just makes me feel grubby. And, and, um, uh, and I was grubby growing up a lot, you know, so uh, I just don't, uh, you know, I don't like being grubby, you know, and just don't like it, you know. Uh, what's that? Ways pack of wolves now, and so um, you know, and, and so uh, praise God, the Lord is good, Amen. Uh, and so um, the uh, the next item there here uh, that uh, he talks about, and let's turn over to uh, Mark eleven twenty four. He said one of the issues that people have is, is they're waiting for healing to believe, right? And uh, of course, that's that's a great uh, a great failure in a lot of people, and. Um, and this gets into a lot of times where people have a hard time confessing statements of faith because they feel like it's not honest. Well, I can't say I'm healed if I'm not. But, but you were healed from the foundation of the world, really. You know, we say we, he was healed at the cross, but really you were healed at the foundation of the world because the Lord had it planned from the, before the foundation of the world, before the foundation of the world, that you would be healed. So it was in the planning stage and then it was executed at the cross. Uh, he said, by your stripes you were healed. So technically, you were healed at the cross, right? You weren't healed when somebody laid hands on you. You were healed at the cross. And, and to go back to what Miss Vicky said, you're really receiving your healing. Technically, that's what you're really doing. You're, really, you're not getting healed. You're receiving the healing that's already there. Uh, and so do you think the Lord knows all the healing that you need? Hasn't he already prepared you for that, right? Didn't he say he's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness? Well, your healing would pertain to your life, right? Uh, whatever healings you need, you know, he knows. And, well, why did it come to begin with if he knew? You know, it gets into the catch-22 of, you know, of the foreknowledge of God. And it doesn't matter. It's already there. Amen. 
Uh, and so, but that's an issue. And, and you know, the, the best verse to deal with that really, I think, is Mark eleven twenty four. Yeah, and um, I'm pretty sure Brother Hagen had a copyright on this particular verse because he, you know, he this was really what got him off the deathbed. Uh, but it says here that uh, verse 24. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Uh, and uh, this tells us the order of faith, right? How faith is supposed to be ordered in our lives, and and so it doesn't say what things soever you desire, when you receive them, then you shall believe them. But that's that's. Well, I'll receive, I'll be healed when, when, uh, when I can feel that I'm healed, right? Uh, and when I feel that I'm healed, when I feel my symptoms uh, leaving, then I'll be healed. And that's, that's not the order here. Uh, the order is, uh, first of all, what things so have you desire. And, and, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about this part of this verse. And they try to put you under guilt. If you desire anything that they think is, is, is something that they don't think you should desire. Uh, now, uh, the, it says, what things serve you desire. So how big is the what things soever part? It's pretty big, right? Is there, is there, is there, there is limits to that, right? I mean, it has to be within the, the counsel of God. It can't be things that violate the counsel of God. Well, I want, you know, I want to be able to brag about the biggest bank account in town. Well, is the Lord going to? bless you to give you the back so you can brag about you know is he going to give you your neighbor's wife or you know i want their car because it's nicer than my car and why don't you get your own car you know uh you know is he, we and we all know those things are not hard to understand we all know when we're being selfish and outside the will of god right uh when we want things that are inappropriate but then other people because they're full of doubt and unbelief want to constrain the whatsoever things you desire to be a small list they approve of well well you, know, you can't have a car well, why not? Well, how about a junker? Well, you can have a junker. Well, can I have one that runs every day? Not every day. Uh, five days a week tops, you know. Two days a week, it's going to be in the shop. Uh, well, who, who made you the arbiter of, of what, uh, uh, what I can believe God for? And I say, well, you can believe God, but not for big things. Well, who decides what's big and what's not? You know, it's just it, stuff like that. Uh, talking about anger, stuff like that angers me because the goal of them saying that is to constrain your faith. Saying, well, your faith can't be too big. You don't have, don't have big faith. Have mediocre faith, right? Your goal in life is to be average, right? Like, I mean, my goal, is, I, want, you know, I tell my kids all the time, my desire for you is to be great people of faith. Great people. Uh, and my desire for all of you is for you all to be great people of faith. Uh, my, I'm not striving to be mediocre, right? The Bible talks about striving. Nobody strives to be average. I want to be a C student. You know, more than anything, I'm going to be a C student. Nobody desires to be a C student. You can just do nothing and pretty much become a C student, right? Uh, and so, but, but whatsoever things you desire. So how big is that? That's pretty big, right? Because doesn't Ephesians 3.20 say that, that, uh, that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above what? All that you can ask or think. And, and so it's not just, wouldn't you like to just at least get all that you can ask or think? Well, I mean, that'd be a nice place to start, right? Well, they said, that's not the goal. Because he said, you have access to exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think, right? So not just what you can ask or think, which is, you know, some people, they say, oh, man, I'd like to have this. I'd like to have one of those and one of these and one of those. That's a lot, right? And the Bible says he's, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above that. And that's okay. You know, what would you do for your kids if you had anything? But we'd do, you'd do anything for them, wouldn't you, right? Now, you know, some, one of the things that annoys me the most, all these billionaires, you know, 
Oh, I'm not going to leave anything to my kids. They're all a bunch of sinners. You know, the Bible says that, that a righteous man leaves, leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Right? Oh, I ain't leaving. He's like, they grew up in, 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 as a prince. And now you're going to leave. They're still going to be well off, right? I mean, somehow they figured out how to, you know, they're not going to leave them in a, in a ditch somewhere and just let them fend for themselves. I can guarantee you that, you know, they, well, you know, they, they'll do anything for them. Now they'll come out publicly and say that, you know. Uh, uh, I'm going to leave everything for my kids, you know, unless I spend it all between now and then, right? But, uh, uh, but um, uh, my goal is to have so much, I'll never be able to spend it all and just give it to all my kids, right? And, and, then, uh, and then let them do it, you know. Well, you'll ruin your kids. You know, one of, the, one of the wisest things I heard somebody say, and I don't know if they were Christian or not, but uh, years ago when we were setting up our college fund for our kids, and the Lord's blessed us with that. All of our kids went through college with no, no debt whatsoever. Not a single one had to get a student loan because we, when they were a child, babies, we set up a college fund for them and we put in a little bit of money every month and, and then they get to go to college. And, uh, and of course, you know, uh, all of them got scholarships and, and got to keep a lot of that money after they graduated. Uh, and so, uh, but even if they didn't have any scholarships, they would have had plenty of money to pay for all of their school because of the wisdom of, of the Lord that he allows to do. But so we were... We were looking at different options, you know, you can do this a different, and I'm, look, I'm not your financial advisor, I'm just telling you what we did, uh, but you can do one thing, uh, which is called a 529 plan, which is, you know, you set the money aside, and you can use it for whatever college, whatever you want to do, or you can just do a, basically a generic thing that says, I'm going to set money aside for my kids, and this money goes to them, they can do whatever they want to with it, so if they don't go to college, maybe they want to go to trade school, or maybe they want to, you know, learn to play the piano or something, I don't know, uh, so they, it wouldn't have to be used just for college. And to me, it's, I'd rather set up the money so they can do whatever they want to with it than constrain them that they have to go to college. You know, I think college is great because it's a good thing, and all my kids end up going to college. But at the same time, I don't, you know, I didn't know the future. Uh, and so, so I remember asking the, the CPA, I said, well, how do, we, how do we make sure they just don't go crazy and spend this money you know, on things they ought not to? And he, and he asked us a, a very wise question. He said, well, who's raising them? That's a good point. Yeah, you're right. You know, and so if I raise them right, then I can bless them with anything. And, and we've been able to bless our kids just as much as we can, uh, way more than I was blessed when I was growing up, you know, and, and, um, uh, and none of them ever feel like, well, pfft, is that all you got, Dad? I mean, whatever, you know, uh, and, uh, and I intend to bless them even more as they go on because we've raised them right. And well, the Lord's raised you. Aren't you a child of God? Surely he's got more access to blessings than I do. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you'll, if you'll be in, uh, a wise person, he will bless you exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask so that you can have whatsoever things you desire. Lord, I, you know, I just want, you know, one of my desires is to have as many people to preach to as I possibly can. Well, there's nothing wrong with that desire. You know, it's not because I want to have the biggest church, you know, and all that stuff, because... You know, you got a bigger church, you got more things you got to deal with, you know, more people that you got to deal with. And, and um, you know, if we didn't have people to deal with, we wouldn't have any problems, right? And now it's actually didn't have people to deal with and didn't have computers either, right? But, uh, uh, but you know, I'm fine with it. You bring in 100 people, 1,000 people, and you're going to have a certain number of people that are going to be a problem. That's okay. You know, we'll deal with it. You know, break a kneecap here and there or something and, and straighten them up, uh, whatever it takes. So what things serve you desire? So that's a, that's a big, that should be a big thing in your life. If it's a small thing, then you are not a person of faith. You should have such big things. You know, Brother Hagin used to say a phrase I, I loved it. He said, he said I'd rather be, believe God for 
and get half of it than believe God for nothing and get all of it. Uh, and a lot of people, you know, I'm believing God for nothing. And you're a great person of great faith. You get everything you believe. Uh, amen. Uh, and and you know, that's not the goal. You know, again, we're not shooting for 50 percent. That's not our goal. Amen. But still, I'd rather uh, because along the way, as I'm believing for things, the Lord may say, well, you're out of order there. You know, there, there was uh, years ago. Uh, in fact, it was the first house we bought. Uh, we bought our house. Uh, it was a 1600 square foot house. We bought it for $40 a square foot, which comes out to be exactly $64,000, which is what we paid for the house. Uh, and, um, uh, and we ended up selling it for nearly double that uh, later on. Now, you know, you can't even buy, you can't buy air for $40 a square foot, it seems like, anymore, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, one two-by-four costs, I think, 40 bucks now, doesn't it? Uh, uh, it's, it's crazy, right? I mean, I paid $11 for a two-by-four recently. Uh, and... Uh, Yeah, plywood. You know, plywood is scrap and plus glue. That's all it is, right? It's scrap wood plus glue, uh, and uh, they want to charge you all this money. But the Lord just had to prosper us to, to afford it, right? Uh, and so, but, it, but uh, for those who aren't in faith, you know, it does cost them, cost them more, right? Uh, and so, but, uh, but <clears throat> you know, I believe that it's God's best for us to be out of debt. I don't have a problem being in debt or having debt available. You know, Romans chapter 13 talks a little bit about that. We're not going to get into that. It's not a financial class. It's a healing class. But, um, but our, you know, my goal was to get out of debt, get this house paid off. And, and it seemed like it was going slower than I, than I wanted to do, right? You know, you put money down and then you have to quit putting extra money down and you go pay for this or that. And, uh, and so I went to the Lord about it. I said, Lord, you know, my desire has been to, to get out of debt. Anything wrong with being out of debt? You know, I think you're the most free when you're out of debt because then you can do whatever the Lord wants you to do with that money. So instead of having to give it to the bank, you could give it to your neighbor, you can give it to your children, you can give it to, you know, the church, you know, whatever you want to do with it, right? Uh, and so to me, that's the, you're the most free when, when you're out of debt. Uh, and so uh, I went to the Lord about it. I said, Lord, you know, I'm not getting this house paid off as quickly as I'd like. Um, you know, am I doing anything wrong? And, you know... Uh, problem with asking the Lord a question? He might answer it, right? Uh, and uh, he said, well, I'm glad you asked. He didn't actually say that, but, but that's kind of, you know, but he didn't tell me before I asked. That's the thing, right? Now, so I asked him about it. I said, Lord, why am I not getting this house paid off? He said, the reason why you're not getting your house paid off and I'm not blessing you to get it paid off quicker is because your, your desire is when you get out of debt, then you will no longer have to walk in faith for your finances. Because if you're debt free, then, I mean, you just do anything and you have enough finances to, to pay for everything, right? Now, it wasn't like I wrote that down. It wasn't like, you know, I had a billboard, you know, when I get out of debt, I'm going to stop walking by faith. But it's one of those things that kind of creep into your heart, you know, that you kind of, oh, yeah, if I do that, then I don't have to believe God as much for finances. I can just put it in cruise control and be okay. Uh, and, and, you know, what are you going to do about that? No, Lord, you're wrong. You're just wrong. That, that's not me. That's somebody else. That's them. They did that, but not me. I mean, you're going to argue with the Lord? Uh, and, and you're going to act all spiritual, like, I don't ever do anything wrong. You know, I'm perfect. Uh, and, and um, you know, if, that, if, if me saying that makes you think less of me, well, you know, I don't care. You know, it's just, it's, it still happened whether you like me or not uh, about it. But, uh, you know, that, but, that's what, but it, that's what it was. So, and I could, when he said that, I knew, he was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, I could sense in my heart that I, I was kind of under pressure to get out of debt so that I didn't have to believe God for finances anymore, that I could just relax and, and just keep collecting my paycheck and just, you know, not have to be in faith. And so, you know, the Lord doesn't tell you those things to just, 
well, the, and I'm never going to help you either. That's not why he tells you those things. He tells you so that you can repent. Uh, and so, I, oh, Lord, then, then, then you're right. I repent for being out of faith. I repent for, for having my desires not lined up with your word. Uh, and, and so, Lord, are we good? Yep. Well, then, then help me get this house paid off. And we got the house paid off, you know. Uh, and so, uh, so, you know, your de- desires can be uh, out, of, out of line, out of, out of order. But I'll just, I check with the Lord, right? If things aren't, it, now, if, if I had asked the Lord that, Lord, uh, how come I'm not getting this thing paid off as quick as I want? You know, if the Lord had said nothing to me, then I would assume that all is well. Because if, if he doesn't tell me, because I expect him to tell me, if I ask a question, he said, ask and what? You shall receive, right? He didn't say ask and I ain't done. No, I'm not telling you that one. I'm not telling you that. I, I, I really expect every time I ask a question from the Lord that I, now sometimes, you know, I may have to ask more than once. Remember the Syrophoenician woman? She had to ask a few times. Uh, and sometimes the Lord will try your faith. He won't answer you maybe sometimes. But, you know, after a while you'll sense, okay, then, then, then I'm okay. You know, there's, uh, uh, and, and that's really you have to be led by the Spirit of God in order to, to do that. Uh, but when I, when I ask a question, I expect the Lord to answer me. Not that he owes me anything, but he said he would, right? He owes me what he said he would do. He said he would answer, and so I expect him to do what he said he would do. Uh, and so can your desires be out of alignment? Now, anything wrong with getting out of debt? Nothing wrong at all with getting out of debt. In fact, the, the, the promise in the Old Testament says uh, you'll be a lender to the nations and not a borrower, right? That's really God's best. And, and you know, there needs to be a few more billionaire Christians out there uh, instead of these evil, ungodly, you know, billionaires that we were talking about earlier, you know, just out there doing criminal things and whatever, you know. There needs to be a few more Christian billionaires out there. And the Lord's not opposed to a Christian being a billionaire. In fact, it's a lot safer for a Christian to be a billionaire than it, than it is for heathens because we'll always advance the cause of humanity with a godly intent instead of, you know, saying we're trying to advance the cause of humanity, but we're only advancing our own causes. Uh, and so, so, you're, so you're the only one who can decide that, though. You're the only one who can decide are your desires lined up with the word of God, unless it's obvious, right? Unless you tell me a desire that is obviously against the will of God, according to his word, then I'll say, well, you can't ask for that. I can, you can't ask for your neighbor's wife or whatever. You, uh, but if you say, I'd like to have a better job, anything wrong with that? No, but if your desires have a better job so you don't have to walk by faith, well, then is the Lord going to prosper you in that? He won't prosper you in that. But he, he's the only one that can do that, right? Not me. I, if you tell me you want a better job, then, then, I have, then I'll hook up with you to get a better job. But, but if, you're, if you're out of order with the Lord and your desire, I can't know that unless the Lord tells me. And typically he wouldn't tell me that unless it's you know, related to the church. As a pastor, he might tell me. But typically he's going to tell you those things. And so you have to decide in your own heart. But anything wrong with desiring to be well? I mean, in what world is desiring to be well uh, better other than, you know, Lord, I desire to be well so I can go on the lake every Sunday morning and not go to church. I mean, is that your goal? I don't think it's your goal, but some people's goal is that, you know, and they, uh, you know, I don't know how many people that uh, have come to the church here, believe in God, you know, hey, I need a job bad. I need a job bad. Well, come to church, you know, grow your faith. We'll help you believe God to get you a job. And it's like they, they sign on the dotted line and start on Monday. And that's the last time you ever see him. Well, well, you were, you know, coming to church for months and then we got you a good job. And then you, then you left. Uh, well, why is that? Well, they just, you know, some people just use God, you know, and the thing is, God is still prospering, you know, and, 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 and then they'll suffer the rest of their life outside the, the will of God. 
uh, and not suffer like sickness and disease, but if they're not going to advance their faith, then they're, they're subject to the whims of, of the enemy of mankind. So you've got to decide what's your desire, right? And surely nobody in the world would say that desiring to be well is ungodly, is wrong. Some people of doubt and unbelief would, well, you know, how do you know God didn't put that on you to begin with? Uh, because I've met him. Uh, I know him. He doesn't put sickness and disease on his children any more than you would put on your children. Well, you know, you don't know those things, uh, except for the Bible says it a thousand times, right? Uh, besides that minor thing right there. No, there's nothing wrong with it desiring to be well. Amen? Because what did Jesus say? Go into all the world and do what? How are you going to go into all the world from your deathbed? How are you going to go into all the world if, if you can't walk? How are you going to go all the world if you can't keep your head up for more than 15 minutes? You know what I'm saying? How are you going to go? How are you going to do the very thing? The only thing the Lord told the church that here's what you've got to do. You've got to preach the gospel. How are you going to accomplish the will of God if you're not well enough to, to accomplish the will of God? Is he going to give you a buy on that? Go, oh, you're too busy. No problem. You, that, then you no longer have to go into all the world. You know, sorry, you don't have to do that. It didn't mean to bother you. Is he going to do that? No. Is he going to do it anymore? That, that well, Lord, I was sick all my life. Is he going to go? Oh, then, then my commandment to go in the world does not apply to you. Is he going to do that? He's still going to say, well, why didn't you believe God for, for healing? Well, Lord, you don't heal. You know, I'm sure there's going to be somebody in heaven go, well, Lord, you stopped doing that a long time ago. Uh, you know, I mean, he's probably like, I've got to step outside for just a minute. I mean, because <laughs> otherwise I'm going to zap you for saying something like that. You know, there's going to be people that will look God right in the eye, the Lord Jesus right in the eye on the day of judgment and say, Lord, you stopped healing a long time ago. You know there's going to be somebody that does that, right? Uh, and uh, make sure, you know, about, about a 50-yard, you know, perimeter, you know, so if lightning scatters, you, I mean, you know, give them, give them a lot of room, right? Because, you know, uh, uh, it just... But there will be people who say that because they'll do anything they can to excuse their own actions, right? And we look, we're not we're trying to be hard on people. We're just... The, the point is that a lot of people will say these things so that they don't have to believe God. Some people don't know enough to, to not believe God. I didn't know, they didn't know that was that verse even in there, right? They didn't know Mark eleven twenty four was in the, in the Bible. Uh, but there'd be a lot of people who, and I hear them say, that, well, you can't believe God for big things. But he said, what sort of things you desire? That's, that should be big. That should be big in your life. You should have a whole list of desires. Lord, I've got all kinds of desires, you know. And as soon as I get done with this one, we're going to work on this one. Uh, and, and desire to be well should be really high on the top of the list so that you o are always able to do everything that God calls you to do. Uh, and so, uh, so the order then is what things serve your desire. So always make sure your desire is right. And, and I really believe that most sincere Christians, that most of the desires are fine, uh, godly. Because most Christians aren't, well, Lord, I need, a, I need a way to do a secret sin. You know, I, I got this one sin. I want to do it, you know, more than anything. You know, I mean, I'd have to wonder if they're really born again, if that's their goal in life is to sin. Uh, and can you, can you get your desires out of alignment? Sure you can. But I think most sincere Christians' desires are goodly, uh, godly desires. Amen? Uh, and nothing wrong with desiring a good car, and nothing wrong with desiring a good job, and nothing wrong with desiring a, a good house to live in. Well, what about all these? Yeah, I remember years ago we were in a service, and, and this fellow was, uh, he, he was one of these folks that, that uh, sent Bibles overseas. And, and I remember him saying, and I thought it was really, now I'm just a teenager, right? I, you know, and I'd bought this brand new, gigantic, you know, back then, you know, you were required to buy a Bible that, that weighed at least 10 pounds, right? Because that's 
the, the heavier the Bible, the more spiritual you were. And, and I was really spiritual. Uh, and so I had this giant family Bible. And before that, I used to carry my, uh, because I didn't own a Bible, I carried my family Bible. And it was, you know, those white ones that required to be white family Bibles, right? They're about this big. They got they're padded, you know, got the picture of Jesus in the front because they knew exactly what Jesus looked like. And so they had the picture of Jesus in the front. And, and you know, you had to carry it. It had wheels on it, right? Because it's so heavy. And, and so, uh, but then, then I bought a real leather Bible there after that. Uh, and I still have that Bible, actually, uh, there. It's a New America Standard Version there. And, um, uh, and I, I think I paid like $60, 70 maybe $80 for this Bible. It's a really nice Bible. And, uh, and um, you know, and it's real leather. It wasn't bonded leather. It's real leather. And, and so this, this fellow's up there uh, preaching. He said, you know, all you people who are buying these expensive Bibles, he said, you're wrong. Because instead of buying a $60 Bible, you could give me, uh, I could buy 60 Bibles for that, and for that, and send them overseas. Uh, and, but I wanted a nice Bible, you know. I didn't want, you know, because before that I had just the, the just the regular old. Uh, it was a living Bible. Remember the living Bible, with the green covers on them, and uh, and they were just kind of cardboard. It wasn't really cardboard. It was kind of plastic paper cover, you know. And uh, and after a while they'd fall apart. And, uh, and well, I didn't, you know, I I develop a relationship with these books, right? A long-term relationship, you know. I don't want, you know, fly-by-night relationship, you know, and and so. I, I, I wanted a Bible that would last a while. And uh, he says, you're wrong. You know, I could take that money and buy 60 Bibles. And see, that's really, that's really uh, someone who is not whatsoever things you desire. He, he was whatsoever things, you know, in the small list of things are okay. Because God's not big enough to do both a $60 Bible and send 60 Bibles. He can't do both. It's either... You can buy a $60 Bible or God can send 60 Bibles. God can't do both because he's limited, right? He, he's, he can't do everything. And so don't ask him to do everything. But see, that's really short, short-sighted, right? It's closed-minded to, to think, you know, and to judge me for a Bible. You know, it's literally the Bible, right? What, I mean, people would give their, in some countries, they would give their life to have a Bible like we've got. Even a cheap Bible like we've got. Uh, and, you know, in some countries, they, they'll only have one page of a Bible. Somehow they got a Bible and they just tore it up and each person could have one page because that's, it's so precious to them. Uh, and so why can't we believe God to have nice Bibles and send Bibles? You know, why can't you believe God? Can't he do both? Surely he can do both. Uh, and so, again, you know, things like that, it just, I, I don't want to think small. I don't want to think, you know, constrained. I want to think big. You know, I want to think, God, you can do anything. Amen. Uh, and, and, and I don't want to be constrained by, well, Lord, I only got so many people here. Uh, you know, I never think uh, about our church. Well, you know, we've only got a number, number of people. We can't do a lot of things. I think we can do anything God wants us to do. Uh, and I believe he'll prosper us to whatever extent that we need to do whatever he wants us to do. Uh, and, and that's not got nothing to do with, with how many chairs are filled. It, it's just the Lord. Amen. And so what things serve you desire when you pray? So pray, right? Have you asked the Lord about that? No, I haven't asked the Lord about that. Well, why not? Well, I don't know. I'm just embarrassed about it. You know, I just don't. I don't want him to say no. You know, does the Lord ever say no? He said, all the promises of God are in him, what? Yes. Yes. Isn't that what they say? All the promises are yes. Then, and then in what scenario would he say no? There are no scenarios that he would say no. Zero. Because if, if you violate the first part of it, you never successfully make it to step two, right? You, your, your prayers are never... They're never told no. They're just not valid prayers to begin with. So, uh, so if your desire is right, then you're good. Because once your desire is right, then you're good for the rest of the process, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, like I said, I believe most Christians' desires are, are, are probably right 
for the most part, if they're sincere Christians, when you pray. And so, you know, go to the Lord. Lord, I need this thing. Whatever this thing is. Lord, I need this thing. Lord, I need healing. More than anything else. I mean, what's, what's the only thing a sick person desires more than anything? Is to be well, right? I mean, you know, well, you can't believe for healing. Well, can I believe for it? Well, you can believe God for new shoes. I'm in bed. Why do I need new shoes? Right? Well, that's all you can believe God for. You know, you're crazy, right? But people will say dumb things like that, right? Well, you can't believe God for a new car. I don't want a new car anyway. I, I want, you know, I want to be well. And then, the, no, you can't believe God for that. Well, who, who, is that a position in the body of Christ that you're the checker off on, on, on what things are acceptable to ask God for, what things are, are okay to desire him for? No, nope, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. And, and you just make up stuff, right? Only you can't ask God for big things, right? Uh, and so when you pray, so that's step number two, desire first, pray second, and believe that you receive them. And that's the issue right there. Of course, the other two are issues too, but you know, a lot of Christians can get to step two and be okay. But then they, they short circuit step three by, uh, by praying incorrectly in step two by saying, Lord, if it's your will, then heal me. Because uh, what does step three say? Believe that you receive them. Well, how can you believe that you receive them if you don't know that he's going to do it? So if you say, Lord, if it, if it be your will, so what you're saying is, Lord, you might do it, you might not do it. I don't know. Then you can't accomplish step three by believing that you receive them because you don't know if you're going to receive them because if you think it's, it may be God's will to do it and maybe not God's will to do it, then you can never successfully make it to step three. And so, and that's really, and the reason why you don't make it step three is because you never completed step two correctly. So if you pray and say, Lord, if it's your will. So we talked about this verse is the, is the prayer of faith, right? The prayer of faith never uses the word if. The prayer of faith says, Lord, you said I can, you, uh, that I can ask for whatever I want to and it shall be done unto me. Uh, that's the prayer of faith, right? The prayer of faith says, Lord, you said I can ask. So therefore I'm asking. And, and you said, if, if I ask, I shall receive. You didn't say sometimes, sometimes yes, sometimes no. You said, if I ask, I will receive. That's what you said in your word. You said, all the promises of God are in you, yes, and in you, amen, unto the, unto the glory of God by us. You said, and so as I'm praying, I'm reminding the Lord of what he said. That's really how you should pray. Lord, you said that whatsoever things I desire, when I pray, I, I believe I receive them. In him. And so, Lord, you said that, so this is what I'm asking for. Now, you're not being rude or disrespectful. In fact, you're being rude and disrespectful if you declare that the Lord doesn't really mean what he said. If you said, Lord, you said, ask and I'll receive. But I know you didn't really mean that. What you really meant is ask and maybe I'll receive. What you really said is ask and sometimes I'll tell you, no, you can't receive it. That's, that's disrespectful. I think that's way more disrespectful to the Lord because the master who said these things. And Lord, you didn't, you didn't really mean what you said. This is what you really meant to say, that you can't really ask and get everything, that all the promises of God are yes and no and sometimes maybe. That's not what the word says, right? And so to me, it's way more disrespectful to, to uh, tell the Lord that he didn't mean what he said. And yet much of the church has no problem disrespecting the Lord that way. You're, you're wrong, Lord. Yeah, you didn't mean that. Uh, Lord, I mean, what's wrong with you? I mean, you know, nobody can do that. Uh, and, and, and so, but that, but, uh, but the steps are not hard to understand, right? Uh, what's everything you desire? 
Oh, I, just, I don't desire any of these worldly goods, you know. That's the biggest lie. I mean, because if, the, if, the, if you get shortchanged a dollar on your paycheck, you're going to go right to the HR and say, hey, I worked 39.5 hours. That point, you left out that point five right there. You owe me $1.96 right now. I want it now. I don't want to wait till next week. You go recut this check. I'll wait right here. You, you know, you'd fight tooth and toenail, right? If the boss came and said, you know, we're all, giving, we're all going to give you a raise. You're all going to make a, a dollar less an hour. Well, that's not a raise. Yeah. Yep, that's a raise. I mean, they'd, they'd be storming the, you know, uh, the offices and they'd say, what's wrong with you? Yeah, but, but we get in church and we get all spiritual. Oh, we don't want these worldly goods. Right. You know, lie. They're all lying, right? They're all just lying about stuff like that. Uh, because it, it, he said that give and what? It shall be given unto you how much? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and what? Running over, over right? Well, look at all this waste. Look at you wasting all this stuff, Lord. I mean, it's, it's just running over, right? Uh, you ever had stuff run over, you know? Run over the sink, run over the bucket, you know? I mean, just mess everywhere. It's, just, it's running over. And so what do you do with that? Well, the reason why he said to do that is so now you've got plenty to give to somebody else. Because everybody in the church is not in faith. Some people in church need you to be in faith because they're never going to be in faith. And you're going to have to help them out with your faith because they, they're never going to have faith. And, the, and Jesus said you'll always have the poor with you. Didn't know what he said? There's always going to be people in the church who will never figure out faith. Never. And they need the mercy of the people in, in the church that are, are in faith. So to help them. Amen. So you should always desire, Lord, I need an abundance. I need more. Because that guy right there, he'll never be in faith. Never. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, the, the, the fellow that... Uh, and, I, and I've seen people just rail against the prosperity message. Oh, those are just, just greedy, just greedy people, just so greedy. Well, you, I mean, what do you mean greedy? Am I just buying everything I, I, my greedy little eyes look at, uh, uh, my beady little eyes look at every time I get money? No, uh, if I can help people, you know, then, then the more you help people, what's going to happen? The more the Lord's going to bless you, right? Because he said, give and it shall be given to you. Now, he didn't say give to the church. And it'll be given unto you, but you should give to the church. But, you know, you might be given to your kids or your family or to your, to your neighbors or whatever. Uh, there's a lot of things you can give, including finances. And we need an abundance of those things. But there's one fellow, you know, I don't believe in that prosperity message, really. And in the same conversation, he said, you know, the Lord's really blessed me because this guy over here gave me this thing. This guy over here gave me this thing. And that guy over there gave me this thing. And I'm thinking, and the Lord just, you know, right then the Lord just showed me. He believes in the prosperity of everybody else except for him. Because he's always going to be poor. He will always be poor because he believes in the prosperity of everybody else except for himself. Because he's lazy, right? He, just, he don't want to believe God. And, and, and he wants to show how spiritual he is by railing against something that most people believe in. Or at least in, in our circles that we believe in those uh, uh, prosperity. Uh, but he don't, he don't want to believe it for himself. And so there, you, the Lord needs you to be a person of faith that whatsoever things you desire, that you pray and receive them. Because there's always going to be people in the church who, who don't have that ability. Uh, and they need you to be a person of faith. And, and you know, that's just the way it is. And, and, and that's okay, right? Uh, that, sometimes the, that won't work for somebody after a while. But, uh, but uh, I want to be the person who's, who's pressed down, shaken together, running over so that I can be as a, a big a blessing to everybody as I can. Amen? And all these stingy, you know, these, these people who say things like that, they're stingy people. You know, I had one person tell me that, you know, the church shouldn't go on mission trips because they're too expensive. Stingy person. That person is, is a thief and they will never give to the Lord. You know what the Bible says? The Bible calls people who won't tithe. What's he call them? 
He calls them thieves. Now, I didn't call, you know, I'm not mad at anybody. Now, I know, you know, I know some ministers say you're going to be cursed with a curse. You're not going to be cursed because that's Old Testament, right? You've been redeemed from the curse, but you're still a thief without a curse, you know? Uh, I mean, uh, uh, that'd be really hurt my feelings. The Lord called me a thief, right? He's never called me a thief, but, uh, but uh, people who won't give to the Lord, they're thieves. Uh, and, and uh, well, you shouldn't go on mission trips. It's too expensive. Thief, right? Is, there, is the Lord short of money or something? I mean, what's, what's the deal, right? There's plenty of money in the world to go, to go do whatever we want to, right? Oh, you shouldn't spend money on this or that, you know? Whatever. We don't have time for a mess like that. Uh, but when you pray, uh, so the praying part needs to be, it's a prayer of faith, right? Lord, you said this. I expect that that's exactly what will happen and nothing less, not a, not a drop less. Uh, that's what you pray. And if it's for healing, then Lord, I'm the healed of God. And you know, the praying part, uh, in, in this sense, it doesn't even say that you're asking because praying can be just as much confession as it is re- re- requesting, right? Because healing is already done, but you still pray by, by your confession. Lord, you said in your word that I'm the healed of God, so I'm the healed of God. That's you in your confession, right? Uh, and, that's, and that's perfectly fine to use this verse that way. Uh, that, uh, Lord, I'm the healed of God. I just want you to know, Lord, that you said that by your stripes I was healed, therefore I am healed. That's you. And he said, then believe that you receive them. And, Lord, now that I said I'm healed, then I'm the healed of God. Uh, and so that you believe and that you receive them, right? And then what happens? Then you'll have it, right? So if you're waiting for your healing to arrive prior to you believing that you're healed, then you're not doing anything. You're just waiting on the sovereignty of God, which is, which, I mean, we, we thank the Lord for his sovereignty, and he can, does, on occasion, give us things by sovereignty, but, but there's no need to even write Mark eleven twenty four if you're just going to depend on the sovereignty of God. There's no, there's, no, there's no action on your part required to wait upon the sovereignty of God. You just do nothing, and if the Lord chooses to move on your behalf without your uh, exercising faith, he can and does do that on occasion. But can you depend on it? Can you, can, you, can you guarantee that he's going to do it? There's no guarantee by the sovereignty of God. If he didn't say, now if he said, next Tuesday I'm going to heal you, and he wrote it in the Bible, well then that's not the sovereignty of God. He already declared that to be so. Uh, but if he doesn't say that, then you can't really depend upon the sovereignty of God. You can't ask him, uh, Lord, I need you to move sovereignly on my behalf without my exercising any faith, because that's the whole point of the sovereignty is, he gets to decide to do what he wants to. But if he's declared that it's going to happen, that, uh, that by your stripes you were healed, then see, he's put his word out. If he's put his word out, then you can go to him and say, Lord, you said this, and I believe that you said that, and I believe that, that uh, if you said that, then I can receive that. And that's what Mark eleven twenty four is written for, is you will find out what he said, uh, and, uh, and then you declare that. That's part of your prayer, right? Uh, so for healing... The, the Mark eleven twenty four in healing is, uh, Lord, uh, my desire is to be well. Lord, you said that I'm healed. And so since you said I'm healed, Lord, then I declare with my own mouth that I am healed. And I believe that, uh, uh, that I receive my healing. And then if you're at that point, then you will receive it. Is that what he said? So, so you're good up to that point. Now, some things, uh, like he said over in James chapter 1, if, he said, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth liberally and upbraideth not. So some things he didn't promise that you'd always have it. He said, when you need it, then that, that's, that's when you request it. So if you need wisdom for a certain event or a certain decision, then you go to him and say, Lord, you said that I can ask for wisdom in James chapter 1. 
And so I'm asking you for wisdom to show me what, what I should do in this particular moment. I'm asking you for this. You said that I can ask for it. You said that if I do ask for it, that I will receive it. So, Lord, I thank you for the wisdom that you said that I can have. And I believe that I'll know what to do in short order. Right? I don't put any particular time frame on them. But, but you follow the same process. Uh, but in that case, it is a request to heaven. So, I'm, Lord, I'm asking for, for wisdom. Uh, and having asked for wisdom then I believe that I will receive wisdom. And he said, he said, he said, believe that you receive it. So Lord, I believe that I will receive the, the, the wisdom. And, and then, then you just wait on the wisdom, right? And you'll have it. So you use Mark eleven twenty four 24 for any request, whether it's something that's already been uh, done for you, like healing or something that, that you need to specifically ask for. It's still the same prayer of faith. You're just finding out what the word says. You're reminding the Lord what he said. And you're declaring to the Lord, you believe what he said and that you'll, re- that you'll have the end result of what he said that you'd have. So you're not, you, you, none of it is outside of what the Lord said or done. All of it is, is you find out what the word says and you're reminding him that he said these things and you're, and you're going back to what Miss Vicky said, you're really in the receiving mode. Because if he said that he'll, he'll give you wisdom, you're still just receiving the wisdom. Uh, and so, so Mark eleven twenty four 24 is really good. Uh, the problem is, People want to put these in different order, right? Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, wait till you receive them and then believe that you'll have it. That's, that's not the order that the master gave to us, right? The order that the master gave to us is desire, pray, believe, receive. That's the order. And if we get that any, any way out of that order, then we violate the, the, the promise here and we make ourselves disqualified from receiving the promise. The promise is do this and you receive. And that, didn't he promise us that this is a promise, right? This is something he said that would happen. Uh, and and if, but if we choose to override the instructions in the promise and do it differently, well, Lord, I, I, you know, if it's your will. Well, that's not believing that you receive. That's not believing anything. That's, there's, I mean, why even say that? Why even pray that? I don't you know. It's such a waste of time and error. Lord, if it's your will, uh, please give this to me. Well, why are you asking? I mean, why? there's no believing and receiving that. It's just rolling the dice and hoping, right? Uh, but how much of the church is believing, Lord, uh, uh, if it's your will? It's like nails on a chalkboard for me. Just, you know, don't say that, you know, just gives you the heebie-jeebies, right? Uh, and, and so, uh, but Mark, I think Mark eleven twenty four 24 is really a great concise verse that shows the steps of faith that we're supposed to walk in. Uh, and, and um, you know, if at the end of it, you, you think you've done everything and someone comes up and says, well, you healed. Well, I hope so. See, then you violated step three, right? Believe that you receive them. Because it ought to be, are you the healed of God? Absolutely. Well, well, you don't look any better. What's that got to do with anything? I consider not my own body now dead. You know what they said about uh, our friend Abraham, right? What's, what's my, my body does not de- determine uh, whether God is truthful or not. My body is not the measure of whether God meant what he said. Uh, his word is sufficient, amen? Remember we read last week that he elevated his word above his name, right? His word uh, is the only thing that, uh, I mean, is the highest thing that, uh, that governs the actions of the Lord. He put his word out there and he said that there's, there's no way that if I put my word out there that it will not come to pass. Amen. Only you can decide if his word becomes ineffective in your life. Not on God's side, right? Uh, and so you can choose to allow his word to become ineffective in your life by misquoting it or by negating it, saying, well, you didn't really mean that, Lord, or, you know, if it's your will. 
You, you can do that, and men and women have great power to negate the power of God in their life and the Word of God by their own words and actions. Uh, but if you'll just, all you got to do is just hook up with the Word. Well, Lord, you said it. Okay, you said it, right? Uh, and, and, you know, I, I thank God for when I got born again as a teenager, not having grown up in church, I just assumed when I read the Word of God that that's exactly what he meant. Well, I'm healed. Oh, okay, yeah. And years later, after I started getting around other people outside of our church and other Christians and realizing people don't believe that, you know, to me, it was really like odd. It was like, you know, I mean, you don't, you don't believe this? What? It was like, because I just thought everybody would believe these things, right? I just thought, you know, oh, it's in there. Just why, why, why wouldn't you believe that? Well, brother, you just don't understand, you know, that God's ways are higher than our ways, you know, and they'll pull up some, some dumb thing like that. And like, what, what are you talking about? He made it plain, isn't that plain? I mean, Mark eleven twenty four is about as plain and simple as it gets. It's not even, a, you know, this is not a scholarly verse, right, that you've got to pull out and find all the Greek uh, definitions and all the Hebrew foundation of these words and, you know, look up 27 cross-references. And uh, I mean, I, I don't even have, uh, you know, I've got 249 translations of the Bible available to me, and I don't have a single tra- translation other than King James here because it's as simple as it can be, right? Because uh, sometimes I'll get other translations because it brings out some, nuances and i bet there's some good other translations of this verse uh but um uh but uh, uh so let's get the order right amen uh if we get the order right see then then uh we're not waiting to be healed before we believe that we're healed uh you can desire to be well all day long nothing's going to change spiritually uh you can even pray for healing all day long nothing's going to change uh, at all until you do step three so uh, there's only really three steps that you're required to do, right? Is to, is to desire, pray, and believe. And then God always does the hard part, which is to actually to do. Amen? Yeah. It's really easy to do the first three steps for you because you can do it on your couch. You know, you can do it at home. You can do it in your car, in the shower. You know, uh, you can get it wet. And that won't hurt at all, right? Your faith can get wet. It doesn't hurt nothing. Uh, but then God does, well, he's waiting for step three before he can move. And, and most Christians who, who don't walk in faith violate one of these three steps. Either they go, well, my desires, I, you know, anything I want's wrong, so I'm not even going to ask God. So they never get past step one, right? Uh, or they get to past step one uh, when they pray, Lord, if it's your will. The Lord's like, nope. Uh, and, and they may even get to past step two, uh, and, and I'll believe it when I see it. Nope. You know, so they gotta get, you got to get all the way to step three. All the way, like it's really hard, right? It's not that hard, but, uh, but sometimes people make it hard, right? And so uh, we, the order of faith is desire, pray, believe, receive, right? And there's nothing you can do. All faith is going to follow those same steps. Uh, everything you receive by faith will always follow those four steps. There's not three steps. There's not six steps. There's only four steps. Uh, and all faith and all answers to prayer will follow those four steps. And they're really simple, but uh, you'll spend the rest of your life making sure you get them exactly right in your life. And if you do that, then, you, then you'll live a life of joy and peace and happiness and, and prosperity and health and, uh, and abundance in every area of your life. Amen. And, and it's a pretty good promise, right? I mean, you can work that promise. I've worked that promise so many times. I'll work it. Just work it. You know, that the Lord, that's, you said right there. You said right there, Lord. Uh, and I don't have to put, pick out anything from Ecclesiastes or Habakkuk or anything like that. Just right there in, in the book of Mark. And the nice thing is, who said it? Jesus said it, right? So this isn't, well, you know, Paul's interpretation is a little slightly different than Jesus' way of thinking, you know, which is never true, but people say weird things like that, right? This is the master himself saying these things, amen? 
So let's pray and thank the Lord for his word. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Father, for uh, the, the word that you spoke to us specifically, that this is the process of faith. Uh, and, Lord, we thank you that you'll let us know if our desires are outside your will. Uh, and if they are not, Father, if they are inside the will and desire of the Lord, then, Father, you said that whatsoever we desire, we can pray, Father, and we pray with a definite uh, request. Lord, this is exactly what I need. Uh, and, Father, you said that if we do that, then the next step is we must then believe that we receive that. And, Father, then we'll have that because you're faithful to do your word. Uh, this is not something we make up, Father. You said this. And if you said it, Father, then, then as humble servants of the Lord, then we are obligated to follow your word. So, Father, we thank you for these things. We give you the praise and the honor for them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. You know, I remember when, when uh, I was in high school, uh, I was just getting hold of some of these things. And, and um, I, I was getting ready to go to college and you know, I, I didn't even have a driver's license and I needed, I needed a car. And so, uh, you know, they were teaching us at, at the Word Church about how to believe God for things. And come ahead, Mr. Jared, receive the offering. And so they said, make sure that you're specific, right? Because when you pray, you're praying your desires. Lord, this is what I desire. And so I remember putting in my order and, you know, Lord, I want a car. I want a sunroof. Lord, I, I want a, a manual transmission. You know, I want a, a good radio. I mean, you know, I'm a kid, right? Don't judge me, you know, for, well, you know, you're such a child, you know. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, and that's what I got. I, I, I bought a, a 1974 Mustang. I paid $750 for it. And it had a crank sunroof, right? You know, this is before electricity was invented, I guess, right? You had a crank sunroof, you know, it had a crank windows, right? Remember, remember crank windows, right? Crank windows and, and, and uh, uh, four-speed manual transmission, you know, that was before they had, five, you know, now they got five speeds, right? Now they got more than that, I guess, but... Back then, everything was only four-speed, but it was four-speed, and um, it was a, uh, but it was, it was, you know, $750, you know, I probably got that in my couch cushions now, uh, but that was a big deal for me as a, te- as a, as a high school student to believe God for a, a car, uh, and, and that car lasted up until one week after I graduated, and it just, it just gave up the ghost, right, after a week, a week after I graduated from college, but I had the money after that to go buy another car, right, uh, and so... It, it, it needed to last four years and one week, and that's how long it lasted. Uh, and then after that, you know, then, then praise God, we move on, right? Uh, and so we thank God for Mark 11. And I, and I didn't even know Mark eleven twenty four was even in the Bible then. I just, you know, just doing what people were telling me then. Uh, and so praise God. We'll be blessed. Have a wonderful week, Lord, and you're dismissed.